This is the Hidden White Podcast, episode 698. Today, my guest is Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr. This is round two, guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thanks. G'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. This is episode 698, and today, I am interviewing, once again, Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr. It's an absolute pleasure to speak with this guy. He makes my job easy because he just brings so much clarity to the table and uh, explanation about various topics that I'm certainly interested in. I'm sure you will too as well. I spoke to Miguel a couple of years ago now in our first round. So if you want to listen to the full episode, it was episode 171. So just type that in the search bar at thehiddenwide.com and you can listen to our conversation there. And I, of course, asked him all the relevant questions that I ask all guests on the show as well. But today I brought him back because he's launched a new book. The book is titled the seven secrets to healthy happy relationships so very important topic we really just touch on that at the end of this conversation to be honest at the start we talk about the challenges and adversity of life and how we can face that through awareness we then talk about attachment and its role and how that sort of has a big role in our lives as far as how we deal with challenges but everything else as well and then we finally talk about relationships as well the importance of relationships he shares the seven secrets and briefly explains how they all operate Uh, but yeah in encouragement guys pick up a copy of his book and have a read i've read a couple of his books myself and certainly um worth the journey so enjoy this conversation guys with don miguel ruiz jr let me know what you think jump onto hiddenwide.com and leave your comments in the comments thanks Miguel, welcome back to the Hidden Wire podcast, second round. How have you been? Pretty good, guy. How are you doing? I've been doing very good. Just enjoying life and having fun and enjoying this uh, roller coaster ride that is life, which is good. It is How are good. you? How have you been? Um, I've been great. Yeah, really well, thank you. Uh, lots of changes in my life this year, but um, you know, still moving forward, so that's a good thing. I'll, I hope those changes have been a positive one and one that makes you happy. Yes, well, each one sort of sometimes can throw you into a bit of a challenging situation, but um, you sort of push oh, yeah. through and, and get out the other side. So um, that's been a good experience this year anyway. But, uh, I, always find, I always find those those moments to be where we get to know ourselves. You know, we get to see not only who we are and what we're capable of, but we, get, we, get, we gain this confidence in ourselves to to know that we can pull through to follow through and create it's you know those challenging times where life says okay you were you you got comfortable there let me shake things up for you and in that shake up we come out stronger and we get to, to know ourselves better and it feels like all right life taught me a good lesson i'll enjoy it how can i apply it yeah it's it's um it's hard hard to do i suppose when you're faced you know with adversity to mm-hmm. remain positive and you know take courage and you know find the energy to keep moving forward um depending on the challenge of course but you know i think that's that's probably the trick really um but i absolutely agree if you can remain positive you can see the lessons you can see the opportunities in the challenge and adversity and hopefully use them to um, build better character and you know, gain more confidence um, for the future. Yeah, and in that aspect, I think, and staying positive, you know, sometimes, you know, life puts us in a situation where we accept that sometimes it can't, we can't be positive. We feel like we have this wound, this hurt, this pain, 
And part of unconditional love is willing to accept that, you know, this is how I feel. And it may not fit with that image that I want to project, but when I know myself and getting to know that whole truth, it is that part when we when we recognize, you know, that dark self or that shadow self or whatever one, one wants to call themselves, is that it's part of the healing. You know, I honor you. I respect myself. I, 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 I respect that emotion. But I choose not to allow that emotion to dictate my choices. Hmm. You know, it's, that's, that's to me in, in learning how to control my emotions has come to a point where I've come to honor my emotions, which is honoring that this is how I feel. I feel that pain. I feel that fear. I feel that anxiety. You know, part of being a parent sometimes comes with that realm. And in honoring that emotion, sometimes that allows me the opportunity to not only just heal, but to choose how I want that energy to come out of it. You could say that when I was, when I was practicing not, be, uh, not taking things personal and I got really good at it, hmm. then life threw a curveball. Life gave me this opportunity to see like, oh, oh you thought you had mastered that. Let me introduce you and peel this, this onion and introduce you to the, the real core, which is, you know, kids and all that kind of thing. Yep. And... And then you have a new level of anxiety that you've never experienced before. Here you are working on yourself, and then you have no anxiety about yourself. Then you work on your family, and you don't have anxiety about that. You've worked through the father, mother, brothers, siblings, friends, beloved. And then life throws you like, oh, you thought those were the core. eh? Let me give you the core of children. And then it's a whole new thing. It's like, it's like restarting all over again. And in that moment, honoring ourselves, saying, all right, this, this is scary. This is fearful. This is painful. How do I want to move with it? And in that positivity, staying in our positive side in that moment just is, is, is recognizing that pain. It is recognizing that fear. It is in, even in recognizing that anger. Hmm. But in recognizing it, it allows us the opportunity to choose rather than the emotion dictating us. Because that's what sometimes people think controlling our emotions is, which is to suppress the emotion. No, I don't feel that. No, I don't feel that. That's not part of me. That's not what I want to. It's the, 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 that, Je- that line of Jeff Bridges in the, in the movie Tron 2. You're messing with my Zen thing, man. Yeah. All of us, it's like even reaching Zen, it, does, it won't look the way we think it's going to look. It's, it's the practice of being comfortable with ourselves and being comfortable with ourselves is honoring that side of us that feels that anger, that feels that pain, that feels that anxiety. And in honoring in it, one, like I was saying before, it allows us to choose how to let that energy flow by recognizing what triggers us. And it allows us to heal. It's part of unconditional love. I'm willing to see the whole of me. And it's a lesson that in my life, even even recently this year, I've been dealing with it, you know, being a parent and all that. It's like I, me and my wife have no problems. Me and my parents have no problems. My brothers and I are in a very good place. I'm in a very good place with myself. It's this new part of me. And it's, that's the complexity of life. It's, it's, it's all about the relationships we have with life. Hmm. That as it moves and the individual changes, you know, we heal all the old wounds. And all of a sudden, life gives us a new cut, a new, a new trauma. And all of a sudden, all right, let's put into practice everything we learned 
and apply it now. And mm. that's it. All mm. of a sudden, that's what Zen is. That's we learn to apply all the instruments we've learned over this journey and apply it again and again. And all of a sudden, realizing that as soon as we master something, it doesn't mean that we're an auto cruise for the rest of our life, that we're going to be happy for the rest of our life. It means that when life throws that curveball, when life gives us that that rush down the that roller coaster, that we know how to pull up, that we know how to stand up, that we know how to get up, dust ourselves up, heal ourselves if we have to, and keep the story moving forward. Mm. And that's that's the beauty of it all. And I think that's you know, so sometimes staying positive is just simply saying, "Hey, I know I can I can do this. I've got." my own back i can i can show up for this hmm. and that's what relationships are and friendships and and within with ourselves is that i'm going to show up for this difficult time in my life for the benefit of me healing engaging this life and see what is on the other side of this hurdle hmm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. Um, I think we, I mean, yeah, guilty as we let our emotions really dictate um, how we behave and and who we are. I suppose um, mm-hmm. it's one of those things to really, you know, in those moments. It's sometimes, and again, it depends on how far you're along with that emotion. You know, controlling your life. It might be something that very frequently comes up, like anger, for example. Um, and you've never had that opportunity to really be shown how to sort of stop and pause and stand back and observe the emotion rather than just responding to it straight away or reacting. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is a challenge in that sense, and I I totally understand that it's sort of a good idea to pause and reflect, but if you're not in that that position, um, that's that's where the challenge lies. And, And I suppose... For me, a couple of the things that I, I like to do is just challenge myself um, when there is no challenge or adversity, so pushing myself okay. outside my comfort zone. Like um, one thing I've just started doing recently was going hiking um, for a couple of days okay. by myself. Um, and I don't know sometimes why I do it when I'm doing it, but um, at the end of it, I feel really good and empowered. And mm-hmm. um, I think it just sort of you know gives you, shakes things up a little bit. Um, okay. when you don't need to and I think you know, you made a good point about complacency and falling into just the comfort of life um, and then mm-hmm. something happens and again it depends on the person like for me I've sort of unwillingly and willingly put myself into change often enough to be able to mm-hmm. learn from those adversities and so when it does come into my life I'm better at managing it I'm not perfect yeah. by any stretch of the imagination but that certainly helps but then there's other people that you know, go on very comfortably for years and then suddenly mm-hmm. something happens because there's lots mm-hmm. uh, lots of things outside our control. Something happens and they, they um, you know, aren't as, as well as dealing with it. But how do you, you know, what do you look at when you're talking with others maybe on, on how we can become better because it's a really important issue, I think, better at identifying our emotions, identifying our feelings and honouring the self? Well, it's it's about... Be willing to see yourself. It's it's a communion with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about others, it's basically we're helping. It's like, uh, I, let me use this analogy. Maybe it'll be good. Like, I, I train for marathons and half marathons, and I, I enjoy running. I, yeah, well. I love running a race. Hmm. And I just ran my, like, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, sorry, in August, I ran my very first half marathon. Uh, 
in under two hours. And I was exciting. I'm enjoying it. And I can see the trap in me. Like now I, I want to push it to one hour and a half. But if I, if I continue with that path, then I'm slowly going to lose the joy of running. And, I, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I, I, I recognize that pattern in, in other things. That's domestication, right? So I can say, all right, how can I reinvent the joy? You know, I, I enjoy running, but I want to enjoy the experience. And I thought, well, my friend, my dear friend, Brian, who helped me with, with uh, breaking that to our, like he ran with me and he helped me. And, you know, he was like, we were talking and, you know, he was kind of pacing me. That's what it was. But I, I really appreciated that. And then I thought about, well, what, what if I become a pacer myself at races? A pacer is someone that, you know, when in a race, mm. they have some, they, they put something in their, in their shirt or a little flag that says, I'm going to run this race in two hours and 20 minutes, two hours, 10, two hours, an hour and a half, oh, well. an hour. Hmm. You know, they, they basically, it's the people who are, who've done this race enough that they can pace their journey and help others achieve their own personal best. Oh, well. So cool. I thought, you know what, I'll do that myself. Let me, let me sign up. I haven't signed up yet, but I've, I've, since then I've, I've, I've run with other people and I've been he- relaying with them what's worked for me. So from that point of view, what I, when I tell other people how to go through their emotions, it's kind of like p- helping someone race their race. This is what worked for me. This is what we should do. This is the pace. And it's, it's more about I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm sharing with you something that's helped me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, last night, you know, my, my son has autism. He has anxiety disorders and things like that. And uh, yesterday was Halloween. Last night was Halloween. And we went for trick-or-treating. So he was happy. He was happy and all that kind of thing. And then came the, the, the haunted house, which he was close to going into. Now, in hindsight, I should have just let him go in and see what he can do with himself. But at that moment, my little anxiety kicked in because we've been working with his anxiety disorder. Like he, he has little fear, fears, little things that keep him up at night. And he kind of that. So I kind of said, maybe we shouldn't. And that in that wanting to protect him kind of triggered another reaction. No, I want to go. And there's a little bit of a meltdown. Then we went back and tried it again, but it was too loud and his anxiety already won. So we protected him and we continue with the trick-or-treat just to redirect his attention. Hmm. And at the end, we had a good night. But going back on it, I'm like, he was in the precipice of facing a fear and my own fear got in the way. Hmm. Now, using that example and in talking about fears and emotions, we, yeah, we as, can as always, a father, I can certainly relate. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very easy to be the Monday morning uh, analyst of the previous game. You know, like if there was a football game or soccer game the night before, it's easy, very easy for us to analyze what we should have done this and this and that. But in reality, it's in those moments of choice. Hmm. So in those moments of choice, even someone who's practiced it over and over and over again, sometimes that anxiety wins out. And we make a decision that in hindsight, maybe it, since Alejandro was already in the precipice, it would have like best way to let go of an anxiety is for them to face that fear. That's the thing, right? Yeah. So in hindsight, it would have been better for him to face it because all he had to do was take that step in. And he was about to when my wife and I stepped in and put him back. And also that could have meant that that fear got increased. Yeah. Now, all yeah, I'm yeah. saying all the, all the things I'm saying, yes, I'm aware of this. I'm, I'm, I know this. Yet in that moment, a reaction won out. Now, mm. how can I use this? 
Right. Well, first I accept the fact that I, I let my own fear win out. I'm, and that's, that's the thing. Like I, from years of practicing, practicing, even those little moments, that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's easier to let my brother Jose or my brother Leo or my dad or my mom face those things and be there for their help. You know, even myself, I'm, I face those fears several times yet in that, in that part of me that is sensitive, that hasn't healed completely. It is there where my an emotion like fear wins out. Whereas mm. in other relationships, it doesn't only because I've worked on it so many times that I've gotten good at it. Yeah. Yet in this one where the fear you know, when you raise a parent, when you're a parent, the first 10 years is about teaching your child to survive. Now, from 10 onwards, it's about teaching them how to survive without you. Hmm. So you look at that situation, and first you assess the situation. You're like, all right, that's, that's what happens. I'm aware that it happened, and I accept my responsibility. I did that. Now the choice is, am I going to continue to punish myself or now that I'm aware, when life gives me that opportunity again, which is to let Alejandro face his fear, to let it. Yeah, yeah. And use what I learned in this scenario as a building block. Now, that's a very constructive way of doing it. And it comes with, one, acknowledging this is my emotion, this is my fear, this is how this mistake happened, how do I want... How do I not want to repeat this? And very simple. All right. When life gives me the opportunity and I recognize that I have that fear in me, I have a choice to repeat that mistake again or to hold myself back and just as a parent cringe, bite my teeth or to bite my tongue, bite, hold back and just let life teach my son. Hmm. Hmm. which is ultimately what life is life teaching my son how to face his fears gain that confidence in himself see that there's nothing to be afraid of in there survive and then laugh about it instead of my fears saying but what if he's traumatized by this why is this what is and then that all those what ifs hmm. those are the things that allows us to find that thing it's like all right be willing to learn from it because the opposite is to punish myself over and over and over and over again and not learn the lesson. Hmm. Yeah. And then you do it again and then you punish yourself more and then that just intensifies. <laughs> exactly. So the way to break it, to cycle, is just simply accept it. Okay, this happened. Yeah. Like anything, it starts with admitting the truth. This happened. I it I. It happened, and it didn't live up to that shadow self, which is a shadow self is basically trying to create this image of oneself by which you domesticate yourself. You pretend to be something you're not, but that guy doesn't exist. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., that guy doesn't exist. I exist. This man is doing the best with what he's got. Hmm. So I admit to myself, all right, that my truth was I let fear dictate a choice. Whether it was the right one or good one, it doesn't matter. All right. How do I want to learn from that? Hmm. And that really is it. But it, it, it is the willingness to see yourself. The willingness 
to be honest with yourself. And that ultimately allows you that in the future, when life does that again, I have that awareness. All right. I don't want to repeat that. And I think, I think that's the ultimate practice, isn't it? That, that, that moment there where you, I mean, I, I believe it's a, a practice, something that you've become good at is to reflect inwardly yourself sure. when situations like that happen. And I feel I do it um, well. Um, I certainly could do it better. Um, but I often go back and reflect on the day or reflect on, you know, some struggle that I might have had, no matter how large or small, and, you know, look at it and go, okay, well, you know, how could I have done that better? Try and try and seek the lesson so you can continually sort of self-improve. Do you feel that is natural with anyone? Like, do, does everyone sort of reflect on, on these situations? Or Because um, I, I sort of feel it, it's not the case. And if it's not, how do we sort of build that practice of, you know, pausing, self-reflecting, okay, this is how I handled it, this is how I could have handled it, this is how I feel, um, these are the lessons, this is what I could do to sort of shift this from occurring again. I, I hear you. Well, it's, it's the thing. is like, one, we don't know what a feral human would do, you know, because the majority of, of us humans are raised in a community that teaches us. So sometimes we have parents that allows us to experience the consequences, and it's easier to face kind of those situations. Sometimes we live in a with, with family that uh, that are that drill sergeant that they expect perfection and mistakes like that are not tolerated, and you're berating yourself for ever ever doing it. It really comes down to that that, that first awareness. Okay, how was I raised? How was mm. I not raised? But then we have this other part. Well, I'm not that kid anymore. I'm this adult uh, or young person or older person, whichever age we're in. And we want to continue that cycle. And in order to break that cycle, we have to choose which way do we continue that ongoing cycle of what our parents taught us to castigate ourselves for every every time we can commit a punishment or to reinvent ourselves. And when there is a mistake, to be reflective on it and say, all right, what can I learn from it? Hmm. And it all comes down to that individual. How would we want to break that cycle? So is is it natural? I can't say that because, you know, I don't know a feral human being, but I do know individuals that as we grow older, we make the choice to change and it becomes second nature only because we keep practicing it over and over. Like something new feels foreign, but after a year, that something that felt foreign and clumsy and difficult becomes easy, almost yeah. feels like second nature. So from that point of view, something learned becomes natural with practice. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but on. So this, I mean, again, going back to, you know, those adversities we face in life, the start of our conversation, um, mm -hmm. when you practice this more, that's when you can push through it with greater grace or ease, perhaps. Um, however, if you haven't, that's when it becomes hard to, you know, especially if you're, you're faced with one challenge and you push through that and you're faced with another not long after, you know, it can become a bit of a hurdle on, on one's, um, I guess, self-identity and, and ego perhaps that pushes them down and they decide not to get back up because perhaps that practice of self-awareness, that that ability to self-reflect is is not as well um, stable. Yet the, and yet the funny thing about that is that in falling down, our biggest teacher is in our ability to get up. 
Hmm. Because that's that's where we gain confidence in ourselves. You know, Absolutely. sometimes we, we, we protect ourselves so much from falling down, falling down, and you know, all that kind of thing. But unbeknownst to us, it is actually then when we are able to get up from falling down that we really get to see what we're made of. Not in the sense of like this, that drill surge and whatnot, but it's the uh, the confidence in ourselves that hey, I know I can get through this hurdle. Yes, I can get through this difficult moment. I have the tools yeah. to get through it. Yeah. And that that really is what gives us the confidence, you know, to know that okay, there are some mistakes that we're going to make and of course there are situations situations where consequences are going to be very difficult to correct, you know, there's you know, there's consequences like losing a limb or someone's life being uh well, losing it. But but there are majority of the rest of our situations is something that we can learn from. You know, like I, 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 we have a new puppy and we uh, we rescued it from Mexico and we brought it home. And uh, he when I met him, he had a a, a, a prick a prickly thing of like he he got close to a cactus. He yeah. got a, one of those uh, the, those prickly things on his nose. Yeah. And uh, since then, we've removed it, and now he's cautious. He's like, "Oh, I see it. That's going to cause pain. I'm not going to get near it." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we learned that from that mistakes. Yeah. Sometimes we humans, you know, we 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 repeat it over and over, thinking that, "Oh, I'm not going to get hurt this time. Oh, I'm not going to get hurt this time." But you know, either we didn't learn the the technique that allows us to handle that cactus without getting hurt, or we were up abrasive and hurt ourselves again yeah it's uh it's it's all about the willingness to learn from that mistake that is what how life teaches us and it's okay to make mistakes yeah absolutely i mean one of your earlier books was the five levels of attachment um and i feel that has can play two roles in these situations one you know we start to attach to the events that are taking place in our life and using them to form a sense of identity um, yes, and perhaps what we have already attached to sort of creates our form of identity. That could be, you know, I've, I've attached to an idea that you know I can push through this challenge. Um, that's something that I'm uh, I'm all about. Um, or mm-hmm. it might be the opposite. You know, I've attached to this. I've faced this before. I've never been able to, you know, overcome such challenges. Uh, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not going to proceed. What can you sort of share around, I guess, you know, the teachings of that book and attachment to how that might actually help us see these situations with uh, better eyes? Well, sure. Well, an attachment is to make something that's not a part of us a part of us by investing of ourselves emotionally to something. And one of the easiest ways to attach ourselves to something is to make it part of our identity. This could also be about material things, but the ones that are more impactful is our beliefs and ideas. Kind of like you said uh, this, uh, mistake, you know, we, we make, if we internalize it and we make it a part of our identity. Now we think that is a part of us and it's really hard to shake. So when we get really attached to, to level of fanaticism or, or, or internalization, it's really hard for us to even be willing to recognize it, to even see it, you know, to even recognize a pattern in our life. It's very hard to even see it yeah. because we keep expecting to be this other image that we're not. So it comes down with the willingness to give it scrutiny. Is it really true? Is it really the, still the truth? Is it something that 
is really reflecting in my life. Yes, it was truth that moment, but has it, is it really still the truth? And the answer is no, it's not the truth anymore. The only reason why it's still impacting our life is because we can, we, we're not willing to let go of the past. We, we, we attach ourselves to the past so well by making it our identity, but we're not, not that person anymore. We're, we're, we've come on a long way. So it no longer exists. For example, the truth exists whether you believe in it or not. I love that phrase by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. But let me, let me add to that. A belief only exists for as long as you say yes to it. As soon as you change that yes into a no, it ceases to exist. Mm-hmm. Which means if we give scrutiny to our beliefs, if we give scrutiny to that by which we identify ourselves and say ourselves, is it only truth because I keep saying yes to it? But if I, at any given moment, if I say no to it, will it still exist? And the answer is no, it won't. It don't, it's, only, it's only there because we keep saying yes to it. And sometimes pain only continues to hurt us because we keep uh, punishing ourselves like like a scorpion that stings itself over and over with its own tail. Yeah. But if we stop stinging ourselves, if we allow ourselves to heal, then that pain won't be there anymore. So if we've if we have attached ourselves to our sense of uh, a victim in us or of a tyrant in us, and we're no longer that person, then changing or evolving or moving on for it will show us who we really, really are, hmm. which is a person who, yes, we experience that trauma. Yes, we experience that pain. But as time progresses, as life moves on, everything changes. I'm not the same person I was when I was 21 or 20 or 30 or even 40. I'm 42 years old now, and I'm even not, not even the same person I was three weeks ago, not even last night. And I told you what happened last night, and I've learned from it, and now I'm not even the same person. Now I'm aware. Yeah. I'm, I've accepted the truth. So if I attach myself to I'm a terrible father because I'm not willing to accept my, my son facing adversity, that's going to be only truth until – I no longer believe it. Yeah. But if I identify myself, it's really hard to, for me to see it. But if I don't want to be that person again, then I admit, one, it happened that day when life gives us the opportunity again to face that scenario again, to face that adversity again, I'll deal it with different. Yeah. And, and in that difference, I break identity because I acted in an opposite way, in a different way. Yeah. And some, and that allows us to see, well, my truth changed. I'm not that person anymore. But for that, I was, is the willingness to move on, to release that image of myself that no longer exists. And that, and that release is important because a lot of our emotions that we didn't think we could handle the best way to let go of them is to first confront them and then release the image of ourselves that was affected by that emotion. That person no longer is here. Hmm. Yeah, I really like the idea of the um, you know, scrutinizing what you believe, what you believe is truth and out of whatever situation it is and, and asking yourself those questions. What of this is is factual? What, what do I, you know, what do I believe? And Maybe on that assessment, yeah, letting letting go of some of those beliefs. Is there any sort of well, insights there around questioning and scrutinizing that you sort of practice yourself? Oh yeah, consciously. Well, you just heard it. Like 
that, the whole questioning about mm. uh, the last night with my son. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, all right, what is the truth? Well, I let my emotion dictate that response, and it was a response that ultimately I didn't like. Mind you, it averted. So the the plus of it is that it did avert a worse night, just in case he did have a reaction. And what did I prevent? Well, I prevented him uh, experiencing a difficult moment, but coming out of the other end, letting him know that he was still okay, that he survived it. Hmm. And that is an, a, a more important lesson than keeping him safe. He learned how to, oh, I can get through this. Yeah. So in those two things and giving those scrutinies, one thing I'm doing is I'm tearing down whatever image of myself I had, you know, tearing down that shadow self that some people use out there. It's a, it's, it's a popular expression out there nowadays. And seeing myself for who I am. At that moment in time, I was an overprotective father. Do I want to still be an overprotective father? And I'm not saying that as a judgment. I'm accepting it as a truth. I was. Do I want to? Yes and no. And I'll only find out the answer to that when life gives me that opportunity again. Yeah. And in that moment, I will know if I learned my lesson or I'm going to repeat it again. Hmm. But if I remember this lesson, I have a very good chance of breaking the cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, that's, and hmm. that's the scrutiny. That's exactly what the scrutiny is. Yeah. Okay. The, will, the, willing, the willingness to see myself and not let my attached belief of myself blind me because I could completely deny it. No, I saved my son. I'm not going to like, it won't even let me see my air. Yeah. But if I see it and I'm willing to see it, even if it doesn't fit with the image of Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., master, Toltec, whatever, if I let that blind me, then I've corrupted the tradition. But it's all about the action of willingness to see myself. And that's how I learned. That's how I heal. That's how I, well, I can apply everything I've learned in life. Mm. Yeah, I really love it, mate. So, Don, you've got a uh, new book that's just just been launched, I believe, The Seven Secrets to Healthy, Happy Relationships. Um, yep. What did you write this book for? Well, my dear friend Heather Ash and I... Uh, came together a couple of years back. She, she reached out to me. She had this idea. And uh, it's something that we've been naturally working on together in our own individual paths. And she just asked me to start working with her on this. And I said, yeah, of course. It's, it's nice to work about relationships. The nice thing about that is that it comes from the, from the two points of view. And hmm. uh, my, our publisher, Randy, he was the editor. So he created, like, he we both turned in two drafts. And he was the one who weave them together to create one voice, which is nice. You know, it's not a he said, she said, but we wanted to put into practice something we've learned in our life. You know, like it's like how to apply all these teachings that we've learned and put it in a, in a way that it can help relationships. So, you know, the seven secrets are not necessarily secrets because we all know it. Obviously we, we know, uh, but they're kind of like focal points, like how to work in a, work it out with together as a relationship. Yeah. You know, for example, my, my, my stepmom asked my wife, my wife a few years back, how did you guys handle the culture clash? How do you guys survive the culture clash? And my, my wife's answer was beautiful uh, because we love each other. 
And that love is the motivator that allows us to get help each other. You know, when couples come up and, and ask, ask me about relationship advice, I often ask, ask with, a, with a question. I start with a question. Do you guys want to stay together? Hmm. If they both say yes, the rest is easy. If they both say no, it's also easy. It's complicated when one says yes and the other one's no. You know, then you're trying to convince someone. But the thing is that you you always begin with yourself. You can't give what you do not have. So you begin without healing with yourself. So you can say that the fundamental secrets are basically the secret of com- commitment, freedom, and awareness. Hmm. You know, we talked we talked about awareness in in, in this show. That's, that's we we already talked about that secret, the willingness to see ourselves. Yeah. You know, to to be honest with ourselves and see what triggers me, find my wounds and things like that. And then the other commitments, knowing that, well, the relationship with myself, I'm the constant in every relationship. Do I want to let go of my domestication? Do I want to let go of my fear? And the commitment is to myself to heal. Hmm. That's the commitment to heal myself because in healing myself, I get to heal the wounds with other people. And that secret to freedom is basically knowing that I don't control my beloved's perception nor, nor, nor their actions. They do. I control to the tips of my fingers. I control my perception. And the freedom we have with one another is that we're both free to live our lives as free, as unique as we want to. But we've both said yes to one another because we want to be together. And this relationship will exist for as long as we both say yes. And somehow those three combined to creating a foundation within ourselves that for us is very important. The rest of it, you know, healing, joy, communication, that all comes from that I can't give what I do not have. That that healing in relationships comes with healing ourselves, that we help each other, yet I'm not the one healing my wife, and she's not the one healing me. I am, but we're there for one another. It's the art of showing up. We show up for one another. Mm-hmm. Joy is, you know, in that that intimacy we have with one another, we open up. And in part of that healing, it just goes hand in hand with how much we open up to each other with our with our emotions, with our sensitivity, with ourselves, with our dreams. It's and that opens up the channels of communication. Basically, how do we interact with one another is, you know, the words we use, even the silent gestures we use, the emotional it's basically be willing to share with our beloved the way we see each other and be willing to say no to one another just as much as we're willing to say yes yeah. and respecting that. And that release, like we were talking about before, is letting go of whatever expectation we had, even who we knew, and, and get to see the person who's in front of us. Like in, in, in the funny thing is like exactly what we talked about before, the willingness to see myself is exactly the willingness that allows me to see other people. I can't give what I do not have. So it is about relationships. The very first thing is we don't know what we're doing. We're doing the best with what we've got. Just like in parenting, we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing the best with what we've got because the person we're in relationship with, as in parenting, as in romantic relationships, the person we're in relationship with, with our son and with our daughter, changes because like my son and my daughter they change every year physically emotionally intellectually they're evolving the difference with our partner is that they're evolving at the same rate as we are you know it's that it's the whole einstein uh, 
theory of relativity. You know, when you see it from afar, you can see the changes. You know, when I see my son and my daughter, they're changing at a, at their own pace. So I can see their growth. I can see them growing inch by inch, emotionally, intellectually, and things like that. But with my wife and I, we're growing at the same time. So to me, it's very easy to think that she is still the same young woman she was at the age of 28 when I met her. Hmm. But in reality, she's a totally different person. She's not even the same person she was a week ago. She's not even the same person she was last night because she was with me with that decision. And also in that lesson taught us something. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing, the willingness to be present with a person we're in relationship with. And to us, that's really the key to all our relationships. You know, to love the person that's in front of us is to actually see the person that's in front of us. To know that person is in front of us. And in order to do that, we start with ourselves. To see the person we are. Hmm. To, see, to engage the person we are. I can't give what I do not have. Yeah, yeah. And I think sharing sharing that then too with your partner is, is fundamental. Yes, yes and vice it is. Versa. I, yes. And it's, it's basically, you know... And I answer my, 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 the answer my wife gave to my, to my mom about how did you handle that uh, culture clash because we love our, each other. Mm. Well, that's that love that we have for one another. We were talking about before. Sometimes life gives us difficult moments. Well, in relationships, we also have difficult moments. And, you know, you can tell the difference between someone who's just barely dating. When they first face that first obstacle the relationship won't survive because the love wasn't so as strong that they didn't. They really weren't willing to navigate beyond that. But yeah. when the love is that strong, and we want to stay in this relationship and we want to be together, then that motivates us to get through this hurdle, to find a way to argue with, with one another about finances, to find a way about raising how we want to raise our children. And, and so on, taxes, um, every, the everyday mundane problems, yeah. even letting go of our domestications, that willingness to create a new culture together, because that's ultimately what it is. We're creating a new culture, not letting my culture dominate or letting her culture dominate, but willing to merge the two to create a new one that our kids are going to grow up with. And that's it. I really no, like that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's the motivator. That's that's when you know that the relationship is, you know, intimacy. We find that strong motivator, which is love, unconditional love, that allows us not only to heal those wounds, but to face those burdens, those those hurdles together. Hmm. Because we want to, not because we have to. We want to. Yeah, and that's it. I really like that point, creating a, a new culture. I think that's um, just that little snippet alone. I mean, that's exactly, I guess, what we're either trying or not trying to achieve by either defending our own culture and beliefs mm-hmm. in who we are or by joining hands and, and working together through it. Yeah. Um, so each of these points, um, and again, I, I apologize, I haven't actually read the book yet. Um, oh, no worries. But, it just uh, came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> each of these points are sort of showing insight as to why they're important, but then also how we can um, bring them to our lives or bring them to our awareness and practices. Yeah. It's all, it's all about the practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, like practice makes the master kind of, we were talking about before. It's like the way we know 
to gain confidence in ourselves is knowing that we can do it mm. because yeah. we've done it before. Yeah. And because we've done it before, we get better and better to the point where like we start saying, what else can I do? And that's a very thrilling question to answer. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, relationships, there's lots of books on relationships out there. Um, I, you know, believe that relationships are fundamental to our overall well-being, our quality of life. And it's one of those things that sometimes we, we actually probably too often we just take for granted, myself included. We just, you know, go through it, we become a bit complacent and just expect relationships to be there. And I always think that if we can read and learn a little bit more from a different perspective, like the book that you've given us here, um, there's going to be snippets in there because every time I look at a book on relationships and going, oh, it seems like it's, you know, similar stuff. Yours is, you know, slightly different again. Um, But I just know there's going to be insights in there that I can then take away that will just ignite a little bit more in our relationships or a lot more um, that's going to be very beneficial in the long run because I think if you don't have quality relationships, that's a big piece of the puzzle that's missing and that's going to affect greatly the quality of your life i don't know if you can shed yeah. some more light on that no, no 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 that's it you know it's 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 all about engaging because you'll read a bunch of books on right relationships and there's a lot and we just added our voice to that lot but what matters more is like when you read these books you find the books that resonate and it's those things that resonate yeah. that will make an impact because they resonate because you see yourselves in that as a relationship now, when you read it, it's it's not just about reading it and saying, oh, I have this idea. But in practicing it, in applying it, the effects that it has in your relationships, that's where you're going to learn. It's like all of a sudden that knowledge becomes wisdom when you apply it in your life and you see response that it has in your life. And all of a sudden it changes to fit your relationship. Yeah. And that's what really matters. We just, we like, we just, uh, we like the, the book or here, what we said, it's just the supplement to the journey you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. Like reading it and then applying it and, and practicing it is, is what's paramount. And I guess going back to the earlier start of our conversation, not jumping in there and being disheartened if you're not getting immediate results that you might expect. Um, and certainly, you know, in my relationship, I know there's things that I've learned and then tried to sort of bring into the relationship that haven't been uh, as well received and perhaps I was approaching it wrong. So um, um, yet I know the importance of relationships. So I'm willing to continue learning and continue to, you know, try and understand and, and better improve the relationship because I know it's, it's fundamental to our culture in this family um, yeah. to have the level of success that we want in life as well. Um, yeah. So it's beautiful work, Miguel. Thank you again uh, for coming on. Guys, we are... Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. and I spoke back in episode 171. Um, so, Miguel, we're at now, I think this is episode, I don't know, 680 or something like that. Congratulations. So, thank you. It was um, some time ago that we spoke. Well, we talked about that before as well, but it was probably just a couple of years ago, to be honest. Nice. Uh, um, so, yeah, look, appreciate you coming back on. Going to stick a, f- a few of these books in the show notes, guys. So, check it out and um, support the show by clicking on the links and support Miguel by um, picking up a copy as well there's some great reads um last book we talked about was the mastery of self which i really enjoyed as well so i'm looking forward to sinking my teeth into this new one but uh, miguel any final words enjoy everything in life and have fun yeah great words mate thanks for coming on and guys thanks for tuning in until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon
Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon